0: This is the Palmetto Report. This is Yashuri de Rosario Rodriguez. Today we are talking about food insecurity in the Rock Hill area. I'm joined by Pilgrim's Inn's Jennifer Gulot and Juanita Lester. Gulot is a community service coordinator and Lester is the executive director of Pilgrim's Inn. So, what is Pilgrim's
1: Inn and its mission? Pilgrim's Inn is a nonprofit private agency which serves the homeless population throughout York County. Our mission is to assist the um, community's most vulnerable citizens, which in this case is primarily women and children, in an effort to help them or empower them to become self-sufficient. Our ultimate intentions is for them to gain independent living through financial stability.
0: All right. And what is food insecurity and
1: who is mostly affected by it? Our entire community in some facet is impacted through food insecurity. In some cases, food insecurity may be defined as not having access to food, and others is not having access to healthy or adequate food. Or it could be not being able to determine what types of food are best for you because of health issues or other type of issues that mandate you eat a certain type of diet. So food insecurity can take on any and all of those facets. And so here at Pilgrim's Inn, we address those through all of those ways.
0: And how big of a problem is this in the Rock Hill slash York County area?
1: You he asked something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, food insecurity is a huge problem, bigger than we realize. Um, here at Pilgrim's Inn, we service at least about 30 families a day, and that's not the same family every day. So it's 30 families, about 30 families a day, approximately 1,000 to 1,200 individuals in a month. So um, like I said, it's a huge problem.
0: And... I've heard Rock Hill referred to as a food desert mm-hmm. or food oppression. What do those terms mean and do you agree?
1: I do. Um, my primary reason for doing so is because Rock Hill of York County happens to be a very rural area. Although we're next to an urban area such as we have Charlotte or Mecklenburg County on one side, um, we still are in a food desert in that access to any of those three identifiers I stated earlier, show a huge deficit in access. And that's why it's a food desert. Um, we may have like the fast food places, et cetera, but it's not, again, nutritional meals. Because we are dealing with a low income environment, um, our folks have, um, what do you call it? They're not educated as to what they really, really need. Again, that's why it impacts our health. That's why it impact, impacts our children's growth because we know that if you don't have a nutritional or well-balanced diet, it can impact you psychologically, emotionally, etc. So all of those to me is why your County or Rock Hill specifically can be considered a food desert.
0: And what factors do you think have contributed to the growth of food insecurity in the
1: area? The low economic environment. I think that Rock Hill is in a good place because it is recognizing that we have those food insecurities and is trying to do something about that. They're bringing every type of industry and wealth to the area to try to address those food insecurities, but we're not there yet. And that's where some of the barriers lie. And that because we're not there yet, we have to deal with the now. And the now is saying that we are in a food desert, we do have food insecurities, we have malnourished families, We don't have access to the areas that we need to improve that at this point. But I do see Rock Hill attempting to grow and to overcome in those areas so that we can be on a much better footing. And that's the positives, is that we are making strides toward overcoming those barriers.
0: Have you ever been affected by food insecurity? And if so, what helped
1: you become food secure? Um, I could say yes, I have because um, most of the folks who deal with human services, and specifically food insecurities, have come from that background as well. And so they easily recognize it as a food insecurity and try to do everything you can to address it. And you try to not just utilize what's available in your community, but to reach out and identify other areas that have been successful. And so for me, the major way that I overcame it was growth and education, because if you live and operate in a food desert, then you tend to succumb to what's around you, and so poor eating habits, um not having the economic status in which you can address those those are still factors that impact everyone, including an executive director
2: and I agree with Juanita and um with you know education and you know being a a helping overcome food insecurity. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I always say is that we're all just a situation away from being in the same
1: situation as our clients. Is there a stigma behind being food insecure? I think it is if it's recognized, and that's where the education piece comes in there. Mm -hmm. If you're around folks who are also experiencing what you are, it is not a stigma because it's considered the norm. But if you go into another environment that that doesn't seem to be a problem for them, then you quickly and swiftly recognize that it is a problem. And that's when I'm speaking about addressing it, educating yourself to say, look, all these people are healthy. They're exercising, they have better nutritional habits, they're in a position where they can acquire from maybe their local stores, uh, go to their local educational institution and become better educated, or the resources from the services in a community that identify what is a nutritional meal versus what is not, and a better way to prepare meals for your family. Those types of introductions help you identify and know that, hey, I can overcome this situation. So the stigma, I think, comes into play when you go into another environment and you're different. And that difference brings out that stigma where you're either isolated or being considered that you're less than because you're not fitting in with the, the the norm or with whatever is going on. So it can become a stigma. Here in this community, I don't think that it is a stigma and I don't think it is because the majority of the people eat the same. In some cases, such as the school or um, the other university system, It is considered a stigma because most younger generations are trying to eat healthier. They're trying to do things to build up their bodies. We recognize that there is an obesity problem here in the United States. And here in Rock Hill, we have Winthrop, York Tech, a lot of the communities in which the push is to eat healthier, to identify ways to try to create a healthier environment for yourself. So I think it depends on what pocket of the community you're in. If you're in a low-income area, it is not stigmatized. But if you transition out of that into an upper mobility state or you transition down, because I know of families who may have, again, for various reasons, lost access to whether their are homes or mm-hmm. any other community that they're used to. And they go downward. And then they're interested in eating fresher and wholesome foods. Broccoli, salads, things along those lines. And their neighbors look at them like, why are you eating that? Why don't we just go to McDonald's or somewhere? So it depends on the community that you're engaged in as far as whether it's considered a stigma or not. All
0: right. And we're trying to, like, eat healthier. Like, how does the, um, how does Earth closing all of its stores Mm -hmm. impact the community?
1: I think it really does because Earth Fair was one of the the satellites in this desert. They created an environment of not just organically created um, you know, um, food sources, but they pushed that. Earth Fair was very active in the community Mm -hmm. and providing a lot, as a matter of fact, they partnered with us on a number of occasions Providing us with healthier and more nutritious food items. And so I can tell you, Pilgrims Inn will miss them because they supported us in multiple ways, as well as giving us menus and other identifiers that we could share with the folks who accessed our services. So their closing is really going to impact us in a number of ways, but most of all, being the one store in this environment that, again, Push for more organically grown items, Push for healthier eating lifestyles, and with supportive of the community in a way that, again, not to diminish what the other um, systems are doing, but they were sort of the magnet for folks who wanted to eat healthier. And so their closing will impact us tremendously.
2: I agree with Juanita once again. Earth <laughs> Fair was a... Awesome. Has been an awesome partner with Pilgrims in, you know, provide, like she said, providing us with food and turkeys at Mm -hmm, Thanksgiving. mm -hmm. You know, just, you know, things Mm -hmm. that are going to help us help our clients eat healthier.
0: Do Winthrop University students take advantage of your services?
2: Yes, we have had some Winthrop students that have taken advantage of our services, food as well as, you know, shelter Mm -hmm. that we offer here. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as the food pantry is concerned, I think that some students may
1: not be aware You spoke earlier about stigma. I think that's a huge barrier for some of the students. I think that they need the service, but may feel fearful that either they'll be recognized, or that they should be coming just for volunteerism and not to actually access it. But what we want to make sure that everyone understands is that Pilgrims Inn doesn't have a preference of person. We're here to address a need, and it's irrelevant to us. What size, what age, what religion, what culture, what color, or anything like that, we are a non-discriminatory environment. If you come to us and you're in need, we're gonna try our best to provide it. And if we as an agency don't, we'll try to connect you with the resources to try to help you identify that. But um, I think that our partnership is strong enough with Winthrop that most of the students have heard of us. They may not know exactly what we do, but we certainly welcome the opportunity for them to contact us, and we'll be happy to share with them or help them, again, gain access to whatever resource they need.
0: Thank you, those are all my questions.